Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. All right, starting a little four-point series this week, this morning, on the greatness of Jesus. The greatness of Jesus. I'll be covering the greatness of Jesus has seen in his person, which is actually his birth, tells us who he was. And then next week, the greatness of Jesus in his uh, performance, his life and ministry. And then next, the greatness of Jesus in his uh, uh, passion, his death and resurrection. You know, I like the letter P. You know that. And uh, fourthly, the, the greatest of Jesus in his uh, priestly ministry. He exalted to heaven as our great high priest. He pours out the spirit and intercedes for us. And he's the king. So now it's the greatness of Jesus as seen in his birth. I want to begin by going to, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1 and also Matthew chapter 1. I hope you picked up the notes back there, because this is great to share with people. A lot of people, does it grieve you? And I don't even watch them anymore, or listen to them anymore. That these TV programs and movies and stuff, all about Christmas and nothing about Jesus. That just grieves my heart. I go, what's the point? What's the point for, I can understand little kids, but what's the point? We're celebrating and decorating a tree. Woo! Woo! What's the point without Jesus? <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, when, when we see, when, they, when you show them the greatness of Jesus, they, they know what Christmas is all about. It's not about all that stuff. That, that could be fun. But it's about Jesus Christ. And why, why do we celebrate his birth? Because in his birth, he shows us how great he is. I want you to see this in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 31, says this, Behold, speaking to Mary here, angel Gabriel, one of the archangels, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Look at verse 32, Luke 1, 32. He will be great. Say it out loud. He will be great. Mega. He's a mega star. And will be called the Son. The Son. The only begotten Son of the Father. That's what John 3.16 says. Be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David to reign. And he will reign. He will reign. Say that out loud. He will reign. Jesus will reign. Over the house of Jacob forever. Look, watch this. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. No end. When he sits on the throne of David, his kingdom will never end. His kingdom now is present and spiritual on this earth, but it's coming to be physical and literal. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. He is the king of heaven and earth. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is great. His name is great. His power is great. His mission is great. Everything about him is great. We see this very clearly in his birth. 
Now, he was born like nobody else was ever born. Today, I want to look at when he was born. The when he was born shows us his greatness. Today, when somebody's born, nobody knows that he's going to be born until about seven months before he's born. Right? You, you have an okay, announcement. Usually made an announcement texting your family. People see it. Then you have a post on Facebook and a few more see it. At, at the most, what, seven months before it happens. And then we have gender reveal. And only a few people are there when they find out what gender this child is going to be. And then you post that on Facebook. You have a few more, maybe 50 likes. Even Abraham didn't know when Isaac was going to be born. He had to wait 25 years. But Jesus, when he was born, indicates how great he was. His birth was foretold and prophesied thousands of years before he came. Matter of fact, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God called him the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Amen. That was a prophecy concerning the birth of Jesus. Whoa! A thousand years before he came, David prophesied about Jesus in Acts 2.7. He, he, he says, today you are my son. The father says to Jesus, Today, you are my son. And the prophets meant, as, as the New Testament tells us, he was prophesying about the birth of the Son of God in human flesh. Whoa. Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. 700 years before Micah tells us hundreds of years before he was born where he was going to be born. The whole thing was announced hundreds and thousands of years before. That makes him pretty special. Now, if you study the lives of religious leaders, there were no prophecies concerning the birth of Buddha. There were no prophecies concerning the birth of Muhammad. They're just like, whoa. Matter of fact, Muhammad didn't know he was Muhammad until he was like 30-something years old. There were no prophecies concerning Charles Russell. Who's Charles Russell? That's the beginner, the, the father of the Jehovah Witness. No prophecies concerning jo Joseph Smith, but Jesus, dozens of prophecies over thousands of years. It was announced. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He's going to be born. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. They we knew all about his coming before he ever came. I want you to go with me to Matthew. I'll show you this. Matthew chapter 1. The when of his coming shows us how great Jesus is. He's greater than anything, greater than anyone. Not only do we divide history... At his birth, B.C. and A.D., his birth is celebrated by billions of people. Wow. 
I want you to notice what it says in verse 22. Matthew 1, 22. So all this, now this is a recurring phrase through the book of Matthew. He writes to the Jewish people to let them know how Jesus had been prophesied all along through the Hebrew prophets. Matthew 1, 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, this is Isaiah, 700 years before he came, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You see that? John the Apostle simply sums it up in these words. The word was God. Chapter 1, verse 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh. The word became flesh. God became a human being. It's the mystery of the incarnation. Unlike anybody else, when he was born, had been prophesied. Thousands of years before. Because of his greatness. We want want the world to know he's coming. The son of God will become the son of man and we want everybody to know it. Amen. 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 The when of his coming. And the way of his coming. The way, that is, how did he come? Well, he indicates here he came by a virgin. But I want you to go back over to to Luke chapter 1. As I said, we're going to be uh, going to both these passages. The way he was born, how he was born, indicates how great. He was born like nobody else. Not only of a virgin, but there's something about him, the way he was born, how he was born, that separates him from everybody else. Nobody was born like Jesus was born. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Yes. It says in Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 26, Angel Gabriel was sent by God to Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. Skip down to verse 31. And behold, the angel's talking to Mary again. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And we read those verses. Look at verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? I'm a virgin. I couldn't possibly be pregnant. And the angel says, look at verse 35. This is a key verse, man. The angel answered said to him, the Holy Spirit, that's God, will come upon you, Virgin Mary, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. <laughs> Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Nobody else was born like this. Nobody else has been born of a virgin. Nobody. Nobody else was born because God was his father. He had no human father. That's why God said in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. If you know anything about biology, you know the seed doesn't come from the woman. The seed comes from the man. But God said the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman was planted in her by God himself. It was God himself. That baby she carried in her bosom was, was God. 
Whoa, that's great. Who is like this? Who is like Jesus? Nobody, nobody, how great he is. Wow. Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Not only that, the way he was born. Not only did the, did the, did the angel come to Mary and announce it. Not only did the Holy Spirit come upon her and impregnate her. But you got angels in the fields watching over their flocks by night. And not angels, but shepherds. Sorry about that. <laughs> the shepherds are watching over their flocks. The angels appeared in the sky. A, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. I mean, angels are singing. Angels are announcing. This is the way he was born. Who else has been born with such an accompaniment? Always like the British way of doing things. You gather around the king as he's dying in his deathbed. And they say something when the king expires. He breathes his last breath. You know what they say? They say the king is dead. You want to go, hey, that's kind of obvious. They say the king is dead. You know what the next thing they say is? Long live the king. What do you mean by that? The next king. The king is dead. Long live the king. Jesus will never die. He's the king. He died once for our sins. He rose from the dead. Never going to die again. His, of his kingdom there shall be no end. Angels announced him and celebrated him. In the skies were full of angels. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. You'll go to Bethlehem and find the savior of mankind laying in a manger. Woo! Not only that. You got wise men coming from the east. You know, they had ashes on their feet when they got there. That's because they came from afar. You've got you to really study these things to know this. And they came from a long way off. It took them three years to get there. But they came. I mean, these, these wise kings sought him out. A caravan of them with gold and frankincense and myrrh, and bowed down and worshipped him. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary going, golly. <laughs> who, who has been born with such an accompaniment? Whoa, he's great, I tell you. He's great. And I'll tell you something else. You would be wise if you sought him out as well. Don't let this season pass. Be like the wise men. Seek him out. You know what? If you're seeking him, he came seeking you. He said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save. That was his law. If if you're seeking him and he's seeking you, you'll soon meet. Maybe in this moment. Maybe in this service. Maybe now. You can meet the Lord of glory and be transformed by him and come to know him. Hallelujah. To know God. That's why Jesus came. Let's look at the the why he came. The why he came. Look at the when he came shows his greatness. The way he came shows his greatness. And the why he came shows his greatness. I don't know if you've watched, you probably have, David Jeremiah's excellent movie, 
called Why the Nativity. I hate to give this, 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 the answer to you before you watch that, if you haven't watched it, but I think everybody's watched it. Well, I'm going to give you the answer anyway. Because <laughs> it's part of my sermon and it makes a point. But I didn't know. I'm watching this thing. It's, about, it's over an hour long. It's an excellent, beautiful presentation of, of the nativity. Nativity is, is a word that means birth. Why the nativity? It tells about Mary and Joseph growing up and, and, and you know, and ra- their marriage is arranged and, and all that kind of stuff. And she gets pregnant without Joseph and, and all the things that surrounding the nativity. Beautiful, beautiful presentation. Make your Christmas this, this year. Watch that. It's really beautiful. And it goes through the, the shepherds coming and the, and the wise men coming. And then Dr. Jeremiah says, the title asks, why the nativity? Why the birth of Jesus? And I'm going, are you going to tell us or what? And the answer, he says, one word, three letters. The first letter is why. The last letter is you. He says, you. He came, he was born for you. I almost fell out of my easy chair. Of course, you know that. But after seeing this movie, and he says, why the nativity? You. He did not come for himself. He he had it made in heaven. He was worshipped by angels. But he disrobed himself of his glory and came down and was born as a baby laid in a manger at the feeding trough in a stable. Why? Because of us. Paul says this, 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He was born to save sinners. He took on human flesh so he could take on human sin. And when he died on the cross, he's saving us from our sins. We deserve the punishment for our sins. He took the punishment. We would have died and perished forever, but Jesus died in our place and rose from the dead so we could be forgiven of our sins and live forever. Hallelujah. 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 This is good news, guys. This is Christmas. Why was he born? He was born to take upon ourselves himself our sins and die and take the wrath of God that we deserve and be so that we could be saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish I was Tanya right now. And Dewey says, I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you're not. <laughs> so here, here's, here's the thing. We're having communion this morning. The communion answers the question, why the nativity? When you come and you partake of the bread and the juice, the fruit of the vine, that's the answer. That's why he was born. It's wrapped up in his name. Listen to this. I'll just quote it to you. 
His name shall be called Jesus. The name Jesus means Jehovah saves. He came to be our Savior. It's in His name. And then, I remember when I first became a Christian, I'm reading through this passage in Matthew 1. His name shall be called Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sin. And then the angel says, and you shall call His name uh, Emmanuel. What? Maybe that's His middle name. Jesus Emmanuel. No, no. He is Emmanuel because the name Emmanuel means what? God with us. This person, flesh and blood, for sure. Fully human was the divine creator dying on a cross. God with us taking our sins. And all other religions, you got to pay for your own sins. You got to work and earn it. You got to pay for your own sin. But in Christianity, God pays for our sins. How great is that? He pays the price for our sins. He took the punishment. He took the whip. He took the nails for us. Why wouldn't you want to give your life to this great Savior? Amen. Who wouldn't want to give their lives, their all to Him? How great He is. How great He is. I was watching, uh, this is by accident, yesterday, the Fellowship of the Rings and, and the Lord of the Rings and the Return of the King and all that. There's a scene in there that I hadn't really grasped before when they're at the end celebrating and the king and his queen and, and, and she's got pointed ears, kind of weird, but, uh, you know. <laughs> and so they give it honor to all these people. And then they come to the hobbits. And the hobbits start to bow before the king. And the king says, no, 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 no. You bow to no man. And the king bowed to the hobbits. Sam was a real hero here. I'm sorry, Frodo, but Sam was a real hero here. (laughs) And the whole kingdom bowed to the hobbits. Why? Because in what they did, they were greater than anyone in the kingdom. Who wouldn't bow to the greatness of Jesus? Nobody bows to me or to you, but everybody should bow to Jesus. Adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. This morning, the invitation is simply this. When you come up here and take these elements... Don't come unless you believe. Don't come unless you're giving your life to Jesus. Because He is so great. He gave His life for you. Only come if you believe. If you're a baptized believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, come. Come. Maybe you're sitting there right now going, you know what? I have not been, but I'm believing this. I'm believing this good news. Come on anyway. We'll take care of the baptism later. We'll let Brian take care of that. He's really good at that. Let's say it. You'll find out why later. Father, we just thank you for this, the greatness 
of the season in which we're in right now and the greatness of our Savior. He shall be great. He is great. And I want to throw my lot in with Him. And I do. I have and I do and I ever will. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because of His greatness. Help everybody here and everybody's watching us on a screen somewhere to say, I bow my knee to you and I worship you. And I will get up from my knees and I will serve you the rest of my life. Do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.